Welcome to the Boardman Podcast. I'm your host, Dryden Robinson. Join me as we dive into the world of hoops, analyzing the latest NBA action, discussing player performances, and exploring the storylines that make the game so captivating. Joining me weekly will be a rotating panel of fans just like you. So whether you're a diehard fan or just starting your basketball journey, get ready to elevate your knowledge and appreciation for the game. I hope you enjoy the Boardman Podcast. Coming up next, we got a lot of great stuff for you today. We talk about recent coaching changes in the NBA, little Jimmy Butler, little Jokic. Whose number should the Nuggets retire, Jokic or Carmelo? Is Jokic a top 10 big man of all time? We do a little players without a ring draft, and we give you our reactions to game one as well as our finals predictions. It is 7.07 Mountain Daylight Time. It is the crack of dawn, and we are we are up and filming part two of our pilot episode. How are we feeling? How's, how's, uh, how awake are we? How awake is everybody? I feel so good, man. Like, <laughs> basketball is in my blood, bro. Like, I wake up, and this is my breathe, you know? <laughs> so I'm wide awake, ready to talk about what we got going on in the league. So let's get this thing started, bro. It's going great. It's going great. Got my morning dose of some cran grape and uh, I'm ready to go. So nice. That's actually funny. Cran grape. All right. I like it. I wanted to start off talking about some of the recent coaching changes that we've had. I don't know if you guys saw Monty Williams got hired, uh, of the Suns got hired by the Pistons for like 13 million a year and uh so the one side of it is that some of these coaches are making a ridiculous amount of money and the other side of it is that um they're getting fired after like uh, only a couple years of having a chance to to get a team together to coach a team up so i just wanted to pose that question what do you guys think about some of these coaching changes lately. Obviously, Milwaukee's coach was fired, even though they won a chip two years ago. Philadelphia fired Doc Rivers. The Suns fired Monty Williams a couple of years ago. The Lakers fired Frank Vogel after he won a championship a couple of years ago. So what do you guys think is going on with these coaches? Do they deserve a longer shot? Do you think it's right? What do we think? It's ridiculous, man. It's, it's nuts. I mean, for Monty, I feel bad for Monty because it's kind of a downgrade. You want to be the coach of the Pistons? Come on. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, you know, the Bucks head coach, he was, I think he was a great coach. I think a lot of these guys were great coaches, but now it's like, I mean, the Suns hiring Frank Vogel, I think, I think it's probably a good move, but it's just showing that the league is just passing all these coaches around. And they can't stick with one guy. And I think it's going to cost a lot of these teams an opportunity to win a championship, especially the Suns, the Lakers, the Bucks. I think they all have to adjust to new coaches all the time. So I don't think it's a good move. But 
Um, I think they should hold on to the coaches and pay them the money. And we can see that with the Heat. We can see that with the Spurs. Um, they all they both have great coaches and both have lots of championships with those coaches. So that's a good example. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes you think of like uh like the Warriors, you know, Steve Kerr being there for so long. <laughs> you know, I think uh it is important to have a coach that sticks with the championship team, but I mean like Think about uh, the Suns head coach, like, you know, the Suns choking uh, a championship, you know, a couple of years ago. And uh, and then also, like, you know, the, this playoff series, like, it didn't really go the way that they planned, you know. And so, you know, it, it comes to a point when you got to mix things up as far as who's in charge of how the game's going to be played. You know, maybe not so much the players, you know, you don't want to give up Devin Booker, you don't want to give up KD and all this stuff, but you can, you can change up how they're going to be coached. And so... Maybe that's the move, and and you probably saw the same thing with the Bucks, you know, you know, as a first seed in the East, you know, you can't let that happen, and the coach can't let that happen. So I, I feel like it's the same thing with any job that you have, you know, like a lot of uh, workers might do something bad, but a lot of the the blame goes on the supervisors, right, the people in charge, and so like it's the same thing with basketball, you know, like. You could have the greatest players in the world uh, who might blow, you know, who might not do it the right way, uh, you know, might not do their job. But the obviously, I think ultimately the blame is going to be put on the supervisors, the superiors, so the coaches, you know, they're, they're the ones in charge of fixing all that. Absolutely. I think I think it's kind of a difficult question, especially you look at the Suns and obviously went to the championship um, against Milwaukee. And uh, I believe what were they up like one or two games on them at one point? Um, Yeah. So they were up. And then obviously I've always just been a believer, like the best player, the team of the best player in a series is going to win the championship or maybe not the championship, but just that series. Uh, sometimes it's proven wrong. I, I think Steph was probably easily the best player in this Lakers-Warriors series, and obviously that didn't go their way. I think the Lakers just had a better team. But, you know, you look at this Suns team and you feel really bad for the coach because, yeah, they, they went to the championship and they didn't make it. But then they they cobbled together this deal at the last very last minute, like literally the same day their new owner takes over. And uh, they cobble together this deal for Kevin Durant. They give away half their team for this guy and like all their picks, which you have to. It's Kevin Durant, probably, you know, going to go down as one of the 15 best players of all time. But I think that, you know, they give away basically their entire bench. They had no bench in, in this series against the Nuggets. And it showed, you know, their their two stars did all that they could. And Chris Paul goes out with an injury. He's getting old. Same thing happened when he was with Houston. But I just don't think that you can blame the coach for trying to coach a team that he's never been with, you know. And, and yes, sometimes the hallmarks of great coaches are, are being able to coach no matter what the situation. Um, but for the, most time, for the most part, you look at those coaches that we mentioned, uh, Greg Popovich with the Spurs, uh, he had the same core the entire time and they they won what like four or five championships uh with tim duncan and uh, tony parker ginobili and so i just think that it's it's a ton of money that you're you're just kind of wasting throwing guys around and then uh, i guess the other question i'd ask is 
how much of an impact do you guys feel like a coach actually has in the NBA? Like, uh, you know, these guys are the best of the best. Uh, you look at guys like LeBron, he's subbing himself into games. Like he's not <laughs> waiting for the coach to tell him when to go in. And so do you feel like th- that at that level, you know, at the college level, you obviously see how much of an impact a coach has at the high school level, obviously, but like at an NBA level where these guys are literally the best at what they do, do you feel like a coach has that much say, that much influence in like the outcome of games? Or do you feel like it's the talent level at the end of the day? Well, I think it depends on the team. I mean, if you look at it, if you take the Lakers, then no, they don't need a coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been in the league long enough, you know. Um, but I think a coach is pretty vital for most of these teams. Um, like, if you look at the Miami Heat, I don't think they'd be where they're at without a coach. I mean, you can give Jimmy Butler all the credit, give all the other players all the credit, but I think their coach has been there before, and he can – kind of guide the team through the finals. Um, so I think an experienced coach, a coach that has been around the league for a long time can really affect the team. These young coaches can have an effect, but I just I just don't know. They would have to have like good chemistry with the team. Um, like some people are saying um, the Suns new coach, uh, Frank, is he's a defensive coach, so it's going to help him on our defense. Um, so it could have an impact on how their style of play and that can change if they're a championship team or if they're going to be a bad team. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think a good, like, I think coaches are really vital even in the NBA. I think, I think we don't see a lot of what the coaches do. I think there's a lot of behind the scenes, you know, drawn up plays, you know, uh, what kind of connect, I think trust with the coach and the players is super important and the connection that they have. And so uh, like, you just, it, like Chris said, like it depends on the team. It depends like what coach is working with what players. But uh, I think having a good coach, a good connection with the team, one that knows what he's doing, uh, one with experience uh, with different situations, different kinds of games, whether it's postseason, regular season, whatever it may be. But uh, a coach with that kind of experience and connection to his team can actually, I think, really help that team go a long way. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, Miami's coach, so Eric Spolstra has been Miami's head coach uh, for a while now. Um, I believe that he was put in, um, I want to say, like right before LeBron got there. Um, And so he's he's been the coach for over a decade uh, in Miami. And think about all of the the change that he has had to go through. So he had um, obviously had LeBron and D Wade. D Wade had already won a championship before he was made the coach, uh, but he was still a part of the coaching staff at that point. Um, so he's been around these guys. Then LeBron comes in, they win two. Um, he leaves. They go back to the finals in the bubble with Jimmy Butler, um, lose to the Lakers. And then now here they are back again. Um, How much do you guys think this says about Miami? Um, You know, they say heat culture, this, the kind of the grind and the, just the, the willingness to kind of be a dog, persevere, all of that stuff. So 
Uh, what do you think this says about their coach? What do you think this says about what it's like to play in Miami and what kind of destination it is for players like Jimmy Butler? Well, I think that different teams and different organizations have like like environments, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to – if you're someone like Kevin Durant and you see the Warriors winning championships and you decide to join them and then win a championship, like – like obviously that makes sense, right? He joined an organization that that that's what they do, you know. And obviously the Heat have proven that they're a championship team and organization, and that they belong in the playoffs and the finals and all that kind of sort of stuff. And so, I think players like Jimmy Butler uh, and even like LeBron at the time going from the Cavs to the Heat, like they knew that would be a place to go to win championships. And so it's something about the organization, whether it's the coach, whether it's uh, you know, other people within the organization, they make it that way. And so there are definitely different teams with different environments uh, within the league. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's the beach. You know, like if I could live in Miami, that'd be kind of <laughs> It's the jersey. It's the jersey. It's the, ne- the neon jersey. Yeah, or the new jersey. Yeah. <laughs> True. But True. no, but I mean, Miami Miami's always been a championship team. They're always – they're always usually in the playoffs or, or fighting for a championship. So, um, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, kind of like, how, <laughs> you know, Jimmy says when he was on the Bulls, he couldn't beat the Heat. So might as well join them. So, um, but they do have that culture and Spo's a great coach. And so if you want to get coached by an all-time great, that's a place to go. Absolutely. So let's talk about uh, Jimmy Butler for a second. The other day, uh, Jay Williams, ESPN analyst, uh, former NBA player, said that he has never seen anybody carry a team to the finals like Jimmy Butler. And I was offended. Uh, as a longtime LeBron fan, I wasn't taking none of that. You know, we've talked about this before, but you look at some of those teams that LeBron took to the, took to the finals, um, 2007, 2018, uh, even in 2009, I believe they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost. Uh, but uh, you look at some of those teams and guys that you just don't like, you don't even know their name. Like you couldn't even think of anybody else on that team other than LeBron. And uh, Jimmy Butler, he's got a couple of people around him, solid role players. Some of them are undrafted, but I think that I think that that narrative of like, oh, look at these undrafted players that are in the finals. I think that that gets talked about a little too much. I think that at this point, these guys have all been in the league for several years. Like it's it's been a while since they were like undrafted. (laughs) They've all proven themselves in different ways. Kyle Lowry obviously won a championship with Toronto. Bam Adebayo, Team USA player, all-star. So... I think that uh, some of the, some of the narrative here has just been a little a little too much, I guess, in a way. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys about that. Where where do you think this kind of ranks among players like carrying a team to the finals? Do you think that this is like one of the all time great Jimmy's carried them? Do you think he's got more help than people are giving them credit for? Where do you guys stand on that? Well, I mean, like. The seasons before, it didn't seem like the Heat were – I mean, they they're picking up pace, but, like, this season, it, I mean, if you look at Jimmy Butler, that's that's all we hear about when it comes to the Heat. Like, you hear about the Heat, oh, it's Jimmy Butler, you know. Jimmy Butler, he's carrying his team. He's putting in these numbers. Like, 
his his points are way up there. He's like he's definitely putting on a show, and he's definitely like the the face of the Heat right now. Um, and so I mean, I could see where someone might say that, but as far as like like one of the best to ever do it uh, to lead a team of nobodies, I don't like like you said, there's all stars on the team. There's people who have championships on the team besides Jimmy Butler, and so I, I would have to disagree with that as well, but. But Jimmy Butler is definitely making a name for himself in Miami. Uh, and uh, he really is the face of the Heat right now. Yeah. Jimmy, he's a great player. Um, but I don't think he'd be where he's at without the rest of his team. Um, Caleb Martin's balling. Uh, Kyle Lowry's doing great. Like all these, all these guys on the team are just stepping up to the plate and they're playing a lot better than I think most people would expect. And so it's just something that we weren't expecting from all these role players, but since they're playing so good and they're helping Jimmy out, um, that's why they have so much success. And so I don't think Jimmy's carrying the team. I think they're all just playing really well together. They'll have great chemistry. Um, and they're just, they're just, bond together so i don't think anyone's getting carried i think the coach is doing great i think they're all stepping up so it's not it's not anything like what lebron has done or other great players have done by taking a team to the finals i think we all kind of have the same position on that have the same stand jimmy's amazing and i think that we we can't say enough about what he does for a locker room environment, what he does to inspire the players around him. I think that that, that is definitely something that he does. And he's just a dog, you know, he fights, he scraps. Um, and I think that his teammates see that they love his leadership and they feel like he cares about them. And I think that that definitely goes a long way for inspiring a team. But as far as the, the talent level and this idea of like, Oh, carrying a team to the finals. I just look back at that, especially that 2018 run, you know, LeBron's last year in Cleveland, you know, he was averaging an insane amount of points per game in the playoffs, like over 30 a game. And this was every game. And some of those series went six or seven games each. They swept the Raptors, which is part of why they they broke down and just decided to trade DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi because they didn't know what to do anymore. But, you know, some of those guys that LeBron had on his team were good. He still had Kevin Love, but Kyrie had left. Uh, they traded basically their entire roster for some of the guys from the Lakers at that point. Just a lot of people that, that weren't ready for a finals run, but he was. And I think that that made all the difference in that series. Let's talk a little bit about about Jokic and where where he ranks all time. Obviously, a lot of the narrative has been Carmelo just retired and they both wore number 15 for the Nuggets. And we talked about this the other day, but where do you guys stand on that? Do you feel like Carmelo has done enough for the Nuggets to have his number retired? Do you feel like who do you feel like deserves it more or would you give it to both of them? I say you can. <laughs> I say if you can get it to both of them because they, I think they both have done a lot for the Nuggets. I mean, Carmelo Anthony, he was playing for the Nuggets a little bit before um, I've been watching the NBA. I was really young, um, but I go back and look at his highlights, and he played there for a long time. And I think he helped put Denver on the map. He made them the the team that they are, and he just kind of prepared the Nuggets for someone like Jokic to take over. And Jokic is an amazing player. I mean, he's got two MVPs. 
Um, and if he goes on to win this finals and wins a finals MVP, then then obviously you got to give it to Jokic. And so, I mean, if you had to choose between the two and Jokic had the the finals in his in his hands, I'd probably give it to Jokic just because it's it's more than what Carmelo has done. But they're both great players, and I think they both deserve it. So try to hang both of them up. I mean, well, let's talk about Jokic real quick. Like, this is one of the greatest players I've seen in a long time, like for real. You, you see his game, you see his play. Like, this guy is making shots that, like, no one can make over people that are, you know, insanely good. Like, Jokic, he's making history right now. He has two MVPs. He should have a, had a third, in my opinion. Uh, and obviously that was taken away because you think about the greats like LeBron or Michael Jordan or people like them not being able to win three MVPs in a row. You know, I think without that narrative and without, like, you know, the, the talk of what's going on, Jokic right now, like, Jokic – is like the greatest player in the league right now and he's taking this Nuggets team to another level. I I think he's going to win this championship and I think he's going he's going to win a lot more championships in the future with what he's got going on and so he's just unstoppable and I think he will be the the fame and the face of the Nuggets organization. Uh right now it's just the beginning of it, but uh you give it a few more years man, you're going to see so much of what he's going to do for the Nuggets organization. And so, obviously, you know, no discredit to Carmelo Anthony, but I think Jokic is, he's like going to be one of the greatest players to go down in history. And he's going to be the face of the Nuggets. And so, his jersey definitely deserves to be retired by the end of his career. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the same vein there. I think that Carmelo played for the Nuggets for eight years. So, from 2003 until 2011, which, which I think is probably when, People our age probably seriously started watching basketball. I mean, I remember seeing stuff, you know, from just like little glimpses and stuff before then. But I think some of probably our strongest memories are LeBron in a Heat jersey, Carmelo in a Knicks jersey, uh, kind of that era, 2010, 2011, really is when I remember seriously starting to watch basketball. I'd always loved basketball, but I never like sat down and seriously watched NBA games until that time. So Carmelo has been. You know, he was there for eight years, which is how long Jokic has been there now. Um, they've been there the same amount of time. Jokic was drafted 2015, came in the 2015-16 season. And so I I think I'm about there as well. I, I don't think the Nuggets would be where they are as an organization without Carmelo. Um, I think he definitely put them on the map and gave them a superstar to to look up to and to win them some games. They never got farther than a conference finals, which I think that they lost to the Lakers to Kobe. But I think if Jokic wins a championship, then he is definitely above Carmelo in terms of uh, importance to the Nuggets. I wouldn't be surprised if they retire both. I also wouldn't be surprised if they said, look, Jokic won us a championship or who knows, maybe more than one championship. And uh, he's our guy, you know, especially because Carmelo basically demanded a trade to the Knicks and won it out of out of Denver, which is unfortunate. But I think that Jokic is their guy. And I think that he's he's well on his way to making Denver a a desirable destination again for for some of the the league. But where do you guys think that, you know, Seth talked to touch about it uh, on it a little bit. Where do you guys think Jokic ranks uh, for you guys all time? Obviously, this is a great run. 
I, I think it's safe to say Jokic is the best player in the league right now. I think for the past year or two, it's been between him and Giannis, who's who's the best in the league. But where do you guys think Jokic, where would you put Jokic uh, in terms of, of all-time big men? Um, I would definitely put him in the top five. A lot of people would disagree with that. You got some, you got some greats. You got, you know, Kareem, you got Bill Russell, um, Tim Duncan, Will Chamberlain. Those guys are all amazing. And there's a lot of big, great centers out there. But Jokic, he's just he's just playing like I've never seen. And it's like this new type of basketball. You don't usually have the centers being the MVPs or being the being the face of a team. It's always been the guards and the three-point shooters um, that are starting to take over the NBA. And so was, I think it's super hard to have a, a center come out like this and score, you know, 30 points a game and uh and play like Jokic is playing it's pretty amazing even looking at like his athleticism really isn't that great he's kind of just this big guy running around on this court but he just knows how to get the ball in the hoop and he knows how to run a team so I've given him a top five on my list yeah he's, I mean he's definitely top five I mean if you think about some of the greatest big men to ever play in the league like I think if you were to put him up against any of those players in their prime, he would have no problem like being competitive with them. You know, I don't think any any of the big men in history could. I wouldn't think they would destroy him. I think he'd put up a good fight and a and a good ball game uh, with some of the greatest big men to ever play. So definitely top five. Uh, I don't know if he's the greatest big man to ever play. Like we've already said, some huge names. You know, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell. You know, Tim Duncan. These guys are great players. I don't. I don't know if I'd say he's if Jokic would be the greatest uh, big man ever play. He, but he would contend with all those guys. So, I guess we'll also have to see like what he does with his career. He still has a way to go. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But definitely top five. Well, I also saw where Dwight Howard was saying if Dwight Howard was in his prime, he could take on Jokic. And I can uh, agree with that. He's that he's thinking too much of himself. He's too <laughs> thinks he's too good. But there's. There's absolutely no way Jokic is on another level. He's on an all-star. He's on an all-time five-list level. And Dwight Howard's not even close to that. Yeah, I, d- I did see that as well. Dwight has taken a team to the finals. He was a fairly dominant player in his prime. But as far as just what, what Jokic can do, and and I think the other hallmark of a great player and players that win championships are players that elevate their team around them, right? Like Jamal Murray's great but I don't think he'd be where he is without Jokic. Same with a lot of these guys. Michael Porter Jr. injured a lot. Um, Jokic has just really never given up on these guys, and he's worked to mold his game around um, these guys and enhancing their skills. And so not only is he you know, great with the ball, great down low, um, a good shooter, which is rare for a big man, but he's also an excellent passer. He's got an incredibly high IQ, and he makes his teammates better, which is why they're in the position they're in now. As far as rankings, I think that I need to see him win a championship or two before I put him in my top five. Um, I just don't know who I'd push out yet between, specifically among centers, between uh, Shaq, uh, Hakeem, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem. Those are my five right now, but I could I could probably if Jokic wins a championship or two, I could easily see him replacing Hakeem on that top five list. 
but I think I, I got to see it first. I'm a big fan of the eye test. I think that Jokic definitely passes it for me, but there is something to be said about a ring and a championship or more than one. Would you guys have Jokic ranked higher than Giannis all time right now? Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. I would. I think, I mean, Giannis is a great player, but I think Jokic is going to do a lot more with his career than Giannis is going to do. I think, I think when Giannis won a championship and even the two years that Jokic won MVP, I would argue almost that Giannis deserves some of those MVPs. Until this season, I think Giannis was the more dominant one. He was the one, like everyone says, oh, Michael Jordan's the greatest because everyone feared Michael Jordan in the league. And I think looking at all these players, the only one that I think I would have feared was Giannis at the time because he was just, he's just so dominant and so big and can get to the hoop no matter what. And so I think until now, you could say, you know, Jokic is is a little bit better. But I would pick Giannis over Jokic until Jokic wins the, wins the finals. They're both great players. They play a little bit differently than each other. But you got to give Giannis credit. Yeah, I think they're about even for me right now and probably will be until one of them wins another championship. They're the same age, which is crazy. They're both 28. They've been in the league about the same time. And so it's going to be really interesting to see where their careers go from here. I think Milwaukee's got a lot of decisions to make after being bounced by the Heat. I think that they, uh, obviously, they've got a couple of guys that are going to be free agents, uh, really important guys this season. And so I think that it's going to be interesting to watch how Denver moves forward because they've got a lot of guys, a lot of their really important role players that are putting up huge numbers. They're going to be a free agent as well. You know, they just signed them for like one, two year minimum deals uh, just for a good pickup. And now they're playing out of their minds. So those guys on the Nuggets are definitely going to get big money. Bruce Brown, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope, going to get some big contracts in the offseason. And Milwaukee has got to decide, I think, whether they're willing to spend. It's kind of like the the thing with LeBron. You know, LeBron's always succeeded with shooters around him. I think the same is true of Giannis. You, you need guys that are going to be willing to play defense, guys that are going to be able to shoot the ball. And if Giannis has that, then he'll succeed. But if not, I just don't see him being able to, like, will a team to a finals appearance without another all-star or someone of that level whereas that's Jokic had the better team obviously but there isn't another all-star I think Jamal Murray's probably an all-star level player but he hasn't been made an all-star yet so really Jokic is the only all-star on this team and the only MVP Uh, but I I would say they're about even for me and we'll I think it's literally going to come down to who has more rings who's done more with their time but yeah I think that's where I stand on it All right. So uh, now that we've chatted a little bit about uh, Jokic and kind of where he fits, I wanted to have an all-time players that have never won a ring draft. So we'll each get three picks and we'll start with Chris, go with Seth, and then I'll go. But give us your picks and explain explain a little bit why um, you like the guys that you do. Feel free to use the internet, look up some stats, look up some players, but... uh, Chris, let's start with you. If you had to, what's your what's your first pick of the draft for players that have never won a ring? Yeah, so this one, this one, I kind of explain is a little hard for me because there's two guys that I think deserve rings that are are some of the top greatest players of all time, 
And those two guys would be either Charles Barkley or Allen Iverson. And um, I think for my first pick, I'm going to go with Allen Iverson. He's an amazing player, and, and it would just be, you know, amazing to have him on my team. So <laughs> that's my pick. Uh, good pick. Fun. Good pick. All right. Uh well, there's a good list of great basketball players who have never won finals uh, championships. So uh, I think who I'm going to go with as one of the greatest players to ever play the game is John Stockton. Uh, we hear about him a lot. You know, he's he really is truly one of the greatest players to ever play in the league. And he did a lot with the Jazz. Uh, just He just couldn't beat the Bulls, you know. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think he'd be my number one pick for greatest players without the finals. Yeah, obviously one of the greatest point guards of all time, if not the greatest. I think at this point it's pretty uh, – you can have a pretty good debate between Stockton, uh, Steph, Magic. I think out of those three, you, you could make a legitimate argument as to why any of them should be considered uh, the greatest point guard of all time. But Stockton's a great pick. And for my pick, I'm going to have to go with his teammate, the mailman, Carl Malone. Always delivered. He was a huge part of the reason – why Stockton has as many assists as he does and uh, is the all-time assist leader, uh, a record that I highly doubt will ever be broken. There's there's a lot of records in the NBA that have an opportunity to be broken, but people just don't pass the ball like he did anymore. Um, <laughs> and nice. I just don't see that record being broken anytime soon. And Carl Malone is obviously uh, top three, top five in, in scoring ever. And so John Stockton is a huge reason why Malone has as many points as he does. But I'm going to go with Carl Malone for my first pick. All right. Going with the big man. I'm going to go with my big man, the number two that I was thinking of, and that's Charles Barkley, uh, one of the greatest big men I've ever seen play. And unfortunately, he was in the same boat as the Jazz and just couldn't get past the Michael Jordan Bulls. So uh, Charles Barkley's on that list. Yeah, that's my number two pick. Barkley's a good pick. <laughs> very nice well you've heard me say this one before and i'll say it again <laughs> but <laughs> i'm gonna mix it up a little bit i'm just gonna go by uh not by career necessarily but uh the next player i'm gonna pick is derrick rose his mvp season i fully support derrick rose and the way that he played his mvp season mvp season like it was something very phenomenal and and inspiring to watch and to see and if he could have kept that same level, I know for sure he would have won championships. But I definitely would have – that season of Derrick Rose, I would uh, definitely put on my team as one of the greatest players to play without uh, without winning a championship. I'm just shaking my head, man. I, I don't know why <laughs> that's the you want to pick. Uh, um, like, I would, I would pick Russell Westbrook over him any day of the week. And, nah, dude. I think Derrick Rose <laughs> could beat Russell Westbrook on a one-on-one easy. Dang. Absolutely not. <laughs> even, even if it was Derrick Rose's prime season, his rookie season, and only good season, then if you <laughs> Russell Westbrook in his worst yeah. season, Westbrook takes, takes the top. Nah, dude. Russell Westbrook in his worst <laughs> season was throwing bricks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and that happened multiple yeah. seasons. So, But I'm just saying, bro, Rose is Prime was something to to really see. It was very impressive. Well, you, get, you also got to look at this long list of like all time greats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Derek Rose on top of any one of these guys is just it's just criminal. It's not- <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Uh, it, you know, D Rose is um, he's one of the greatest what if stories to ever exist. I think obviously that team, um, his rookie season was amazing and the following seasons are just a big uh, a big question mark what could have been all time you know he definitely had the makings of an all-time great but unfortunately even after he came back from injury that 2015 season where they they were up 2-1 on LeBron's Cavs in the playoffs uh, D Rose hit that crazy buzzer beater they were playing really well but unfortunately just like you know Stockton and Malone ran into Jordan. D. Rose ran into LeBron, unfortunately, as a lot of those mid-2010 teams did. So we can have that debate another time about where this man should, <laughs> should rank all time or if he's better than certain point guards. Uh, I'm going to take another slightly controversial pick. Chris Paul, I highly doubt this man's going to win a championship, unfortunately. I've never been a huge fan of Chris Paul. But I feel like I've always respected his game, especially, you know, you think about that that Rockets team, uh, that 2018 Rockets team, probably the only team ever to like really put the Steph and KD Warriors like against the wall and uh, put a little fear in their hearts. If Chris Paul hadn't gotten hurt and gone down in game six, then. I would have been supremely interested to see how that series would have played out because I think that both him and Harden were playing out of their minds at that point in their careers, and they both really wanted a chip and wanted to prove that they could beat these guys. So I'm gonna go with gonna go with Chris Paul. I think he's nicknamed the Point God for a reason. He's incredibly talented, just has never been able to to be on the right team and have the right guys around him to to get there. Yeah. I miss him when he was in Lob City on the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty sweet to watch. Yeah. Uh, and obviously any team that he's been on is he always elevated it and they've always won more than they've lost with him. So that's a good pick. I will go with a point guard as well. I'm going to pick Steve Nash as my next uh, pick. He, I thought he deserves a ring, um, but he ran into an all-time great Kobe Bryant the Lakers and just couldn't just couldn't get past them. So it's very unfortunate. And at one point in his career, he ended up joining the Lakers. So <laughs> you know, same thing. He enjoyed him. But uh, but I have a lot of respect for Steve Nash, especially growing up in Phoenix. He was like the guy, um, the guy that we kind of looked up to, and and uh, he's a baller for sure. So well. Uh... Should I say Jokic? He hasn't won a championship yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to, <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. I'm not gonna say because <laughs> he's gonna win a championship. But uh, let's see. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with James Harden. You know, he is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. You know, he's uh, he's been an All Star over ten times, and he's been an MVP before. He's been an all time scoring leader. He's done. All sorts of like crazy things in the leagues uh, in the league that we've seen. He's been to a finals. He just he just lost in the finals. So, <laughs> but he's definitely a, a great player. Still is a great player, I believe. Uh, but in his prime, uh, he did amazing things uh, as a basketball player. And kind of shocking to see him without a ring. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of going back to those Houston days. Just incredible what he was able to do. The numbers that he put up and. You know, Harden gets knocked a lot um, for his style of basketball in Houston. But I think it's funny that 
those same people that are knocking his game in Houston are the same people that saying he's not the same player anymore in Philadelphia, which I just think is absolutely ridiculous because, you know, they're saying, oh, Harden can't be that guy anymore and he can't score. And it's like, well, when he was that guy, you didn't want him to be that guy. Like, you know, uh, I just think it's kind of funny that a lot of the people that hate on James Harden for his game are the same people that are saying, oh, he needs to bring that back, but he can't do that anymore. I think he's taken a huge sacrifice in Philadelphia, being the second guy, being willing to assist Joel Embiid. But I just think that at some point you gotta you gotta pick a lane, you know. And Harden is one of the greatest offensive players that we've ever seen, and he's gonna go down that way. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes next to probably finish his career out. For my last pick, I'm gonna go Reggie Miller, one of the greatest shooters ever. He he and Ray Allen were at the game that Steph broke the all-time three record. I think between those three, you probably got the greatest shooters of all time, top three shooters of all time. Um, <laughs> you know, Clay and Dame are up there, but I don't think they've quite reached just the same legendary status as far as like where they're going to be in, in history as those guys. So um, Reggie Miller would definitely be be my pick i not a great tv analyst i i think he's a, <laughs> a, a terrible commentator but amazing player and uh obviously went up against jordan went up against some of the greats and was able to hold his own just never never won a chip unfortunately okay so that is our our never won a ring draft i think we got some good players and uh some exciting future debates waiting but let's move on to our our game one reactions. I only caught the second half of game one. I was watching the score a little bit, but some of these numbers just kind of blew my mind. Um, I don't know. Do you, you guys have any thoughts about how game one went? Did you see anything that you thought was interesting? What do you think? Well, um, I think... I'm just going to say that this game is just proving what's going to happen the rest of the series. Like, the Nuggets are balling out. They're destroying the Heat. You know, if if they don't beat them in four, they'll beat them in five. Like, the Nuggets are going to dominate the Heat. The Heat stand no chance. And this game one just, just proved that. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's the altitude, man. I don't, like... They look like they're, <laughs> they look like they're tired out there. They look like they don't have any oxygen. You know, the Heat, man. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I I look back and I look at the numbers, look at the, the stats, and honestly, for game one, that's kind of what I expected to happen on those stats. Jokic went off, got a triple double. Murray played well. You look at the other wings. You know, they're all in double digits. Gordon, uh, Porter Jr. These guys are all in double digits and played really well. And you look at Miami, and honestly, like I don't think Butler really put up much of a fight in this one but this is kind of what i expected for game one in denver the nuggets were just gonna hammer it as much as possible and they definitely did that um but i do think when the heat get back to miami they're gonna play a little bit differently than how they're playing in denver i thought it was interesting uh denver was up by like 15 20 for a good portion of the game there and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter with like five minutes left it was like nine and the heat were playing really well i think that they just needed some time to adjust and obviously uh when their shooters combine for six points it's gonna be a terrible game and they're gonna lose that game caleb martin our boy from nevada uh, only had three points max Struess. 
no points. Uh, Duncan Robinson, three points. So if those guys hit, I think this game is a lot closer. I I still think that Denver is going to win the series, but I see Miami getting at least two. Um, I think they can win one or two games. And I think that when those guys are on, I think that every game is going to be close. You know, they only ended up winning by 11. And I think that once these guys start finding their rhythm, finding their shot, that the Nuggets are still going to pull it out. But I think the games are going to be a lot closer than we think they might be. You um, have that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. Anyway, these Nuggets are there. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy only had 13 points. You know, that's that's very unlike him. Let but me that see. might be because that might be because the Nuggets are shutting him down, not necessarily him and, and a lack of playing. Well, you know. Yeah. Adebayo had a really good game. He had 26. But yeah, the other guys, I I do think they focused on shutting Jimmy down. But I feel like if K, if Caleb Martin hits, if Struess is hitting, if Robinson's hitting, then then it's a lot closer of a game. That would be my only my only point. Yeah, I mean, it could be the like the nerves too. I mean, a lot of these guys have never been to a final before. Another point on the big stage, you know. So it could be something fresh to them, something new. Maybe they're just they're just. Either can't hang or or they got. <laughs> it's fresh for the Nuggets too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's, true. that's true. But you got Jokic on your team, so that's the difference. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I will team. say, you know, uh, Caldwell Pope obviously won a Finals with the Lakers. Aaron Gordon been in the league a long time, slam dunk champion. The Nuggets have a lot of veterans that just kind of know their way um, around a game, and while. Guys on both these teams have never been to the finals. I think that I do think that if there was somebody that could inspire their team to not worry, like just not pay attention, like don't care about the lights, I think it would be Jimmy. Um, I I think it would be Jimmy Butler out of anybody, if out of any of these guys that could say, look, like I get it, it's uh, kind of overwhelming. But here's the deal, like, just lock in. I think it would be Jimmy, but I still think the Nuggets are going to win. My prediction is six games. What do you What do you guys think? I'm torn between <laughs> four or five, bro. <laughs> I could see a sweep. I for real could see a sweep. I, like, as much as Jimmy Butler is a good player, he just, this team just can't compete, bro. It, they're an eighth seed in the East against this dominant team in the West. Like, the Nuggets are going to – like maybe maybe the Heat can pull off some game in, in Miami. I think so. I I have to go, I'd have to go with five, but I could see a sweep happening. And if it happens, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Heat have been against the odds the entire time, man. The entire time. And if you look at that Celtics series, bro, and they went up, you know, they were up three zero. It was it was the, it looked like they were unstoppable. And luckily they didn't choke that series. So. <laughs> But uh, but they're gonna win something, man. They're not they're not there for no reason, you know. They're not just this trash team that showed up. So they're there for a reason. And I think once Jimmy starts stepping up, the other players will start stepping up, and then we'll have a, a close series. But I mean, if you look at the first half, Jokic was he actually didn't play very well in the first half, and so yeah, that, you know. So I don't know if they found some sort of way to kind of slow him down. But anyway, my prediction is Nuggets and six. But the yeah. Heat are going to win some games. They're going to win some games. But Nuggets and six. So we'll see what happens. 
Seth doesn't believe it. Uh, I will say this. Um, every time that the Heat have won a championship, they have never won the first game of the finals, including <laughs> including the LeBron teams. So, look, if anybody is going to make history, maybe it's Jimmy. But uh, obviously, I think the Nuggets – I feel like the Nuggets are just playing for a lot more. I think Jimmy knows that he can be back in this situation and that obviously next year some of those guys are going to step up, get bigger contracts. They'll – They'll bring more people to Miami for for Jimmy. But um, I think that Denver's just got more on the line. I think, you know, obviously first finals appearance ever for the franchise. Jokic has won two MVPs, missed out on a third. And he's been really humble about it. Jokic could be, you know, easily number one on the list of like most humble superstars ever. He never wants the praise. He never wants to talk to the media. He's always talking about his teammates. He hyped up Joel Embiid for winning the MVP. Like, uh, the dude just doesn't care about the awards. He just wants to win games. And so I think that I think that the Nuggets have a lot more riding on this than the Heat do. The, the Heat have been. They have the championship culture. They'll be back probably with Jimmy um, would be my bet. I don't think this is Jimmy's last time being in the finals. So they'll be back, but... I just don't see anybody stopping Denver. Well, um, I would kind of disagree in a way that I think there's more on the line for the Heat to win the yeah. final. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk I about just, it. I just think that because, I mean, the Nuggets are more, like, expected to be in the finals. I mean, they were number one seed coming in, and uh, and everybody was just like, yeah, the Nuggets are going are gonna to get there. And then for the Heat, it was like, no – they're not going to get there. Not, they're not even going to get past first round. And so I think it's riding more on the heat because it's gonna, it's either going to change like Jimmy Butler's career forever, or, or it's not, or it's just going to be like, okay, we expected the heat, the heat to lose to the Nuggets. And I mean, it won't like damage his career too much, I don't think. But like this, this could change how people view Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Thing, hot take. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Sure. I think there's a lot <laughs> a lot of good things that'll happen for each team, you know, like there, there's so much history to be made here, you know, but statistically, you know, the Nuggets, they don't lose, well, one, they don't lose at home. That's an actual statistic. They haven't lost at home in the postseason. And, and yeah, they're just going to dominate the series. So <laughs> here we go. I think. Let's say, you know, big what if, let's say Miami does does pull this off. Does this say, would this say more about, like, how good Miami is or just how bad all the other teams are? Um, I guess you could even pose that question right now, just the fact that they're in the finals. Does, does this say more about how special this Miami team is or does it say more about just how much the other teams collapsed? Miami's definitely special. They've got something going on. And honestly, it would be kind of cool to see an underdog story where they go to like game seven. Jimmy Butler's like fighting for the comeback. You know, he's going to, he's going to take it all. You know, that'd be insane. And that would say a lot for Jimmy Butler. I'd say a lot for the heat. And I mean, they've already, they've made a statement beating Boston, you know, like that and uh, being the bucks, right? Like they've made a statement. Like you said earlier, you know, this might not be the last time Jimmy Butler's in the finals, let alone the playoffs. You're definitely going to the playoffs again. But, um, yeah, that, like, they've definitely made a name for themselves, especially with Jimmy Butler. So. 
I think early on in the series, in the playoffs, you could say that they have pretty easy teams to beat. Like the Bucks, Giannis was out for most of the series and wasn't really a fair fight, kind of like how the Suns and Clippers played. The Suns, the Clippers had none of their star players um, except for Westbrook, and then they just got wrecked. But it's kind of the same way with the Bucks. They didn't have their star player. I think I think the series would have been a lot different if they had Giannis playing every game. Um, and then I actually had the Knicks beating the Heat after that, but but then again the Knicks, they I think they're they're probably overhyped during that time, and so you could argue they were a pretty easy team to be as well. I think the only team that I would say that was a shocker to me was the Celtics and the Heat. I really thought the Celtics would have taken that, just how great they are. They have so many great players. Um, and so it's it says a lot about the team beating the Celtics and getting to this point. So, yeah, I think I definitely think Miami's uh, got something special this year. I don't know what it was. Uh, obviously, Jimmy is always going to play hard, but I just think that a lot of guys stepped up in ways that we didn't think they would. You know, uh, Caleb Martin, our guy, only averaged like nine points during the season. In the playoffs, he's averaging like 15, and he's had uh, multiple 25-point games. So I think that he's definitely stepped up. Kyle Lowry, who looked dead and washed all season, has stepped up and um, decided to play like a point guard that wants to go to the finals and is in the finals. And then um, a lot of their shooters have been hitting their shots. And so, however, I will say, I don't think that what Miami has done this season, I don't even know if it'll happen for them again, but I don't think that it is a, it is a, a recipe for success every year in the NBA. I think that consistently we've seen that you need a superstar or two to win a championship. And while having a good team and role players is great and it's needed even on championship teams, I don't think that we're going to see this again. Maybe we'll see it in a little while. Maybe it happens every every couple of years, you know, but I don't think this is a, a recipe for consistent success, I think, in the NBA. So while it's special, I don't think it's uh, I don't think they can replicate it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely special, and this is what I would say. I think if they win the finals, it will change not just Jimmy Butler's career, but every single one of those players' his career on that team. It'll it, like when has has an eight seed ever won a finals before? I don't think they have. No. Nope. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it would just be it would just be legendary. It'd be it'd be insane. Like the most underdog championship run of all time it would just it would change everything for them so so yeah and I agree I don't think this could happen again I mean if it did it would be the same way where it's just like not possible but they just pulled it off and so it's very unlikely to happen again and uh and so that's why there's just so much running on the line for them yep. so we'll see what happens so Seth's got nuggets in five Chris and I feel Nuggets in six. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in five, even four. Um, I'd be disappointed for sure. I don't know if I'd be surprised. But I also just feel like it's really difficult for me to count Jimmy out, especially in the finals. You know, they went six games against the Lakers when LeBron and AD were at the peak of their powers. And uh, they won a couple of games. And in statistically speaking, the most the most even odds, you know, I, I think a lot of people forget how difficult the bubble was for those players uh, just to be isolated in their hotel rooms every day, do nothing but playing basketball every night. 
And so I think that, and obviously with no fans, no home court advantage, no, no away court, it was pretty even and the heat got two games. And so I'd be surprised if they didn't go back to Miami and pull off a game or two. I think that they've definitely got that in them. I just can't count Jimmy out for a game or two, especially after how terrible they, they all played. I think if the heat play better then it's a closer game, if not a win for them. And so I think Denver still wins the series, but I just, I just can't see them sweeping quite yet. All right. Well, that's the end of the pod for today. Seth, you got anything big you want to shout out? Got anything going on you want the audience to hear, know about? Obviously, there's going to be a lot of, you know, basketball fans, you know, that are going to be listening to this podcast, hopefully a lot, and they want to share this with as many people as they can. Uh, but as many of you know, a lot of my uh, specialty is an exercise, an exercise science, and obviously – uh, I, I want people to know that not only do I train uh, with weight training or, or cardio or anything like that, but I do sports performance. And so if there's anyone out there looking to improve their game in basketball or any sport that they can think of or whatever they do, uh, looking for coaching or anything like that to uh, better train their bodies to be uh, more uh, capable to get to the next level, uh, whether that's endurance or strength or anything like that, go ahead and hit me up. Uh, I'm sure, you know, my Instagram tag will be in here or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to just shout that out. And uh, and I love uh, I love sports. I love exercising. I love, uh, love the athleticism. And so uh, I'm here for that. Awesome. Chris, any big news? Chris just got married. I did just get married, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but it's amazing. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about basketball. Um, yeah. Let me just say – that the Heat weren't the only team that were going to choke a 3-0 lead. The three of us <laughs> on this podcast have come back down 3-0 and have won it all. And Amen. So, so we've been there, and we know what it's like to defeat the odds. Once you catch the spark, dude, it is not stopping you. Yeah. <laughs> we had that dog in us. You know? <laughs> so it's been done before. Yeah. Take an take x-ray. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Thanks for joining, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us for part two of the Boardman Podcast pilot episode. I'm super excited to announce that episode two will be taping Monday night, and that pod is going to be pushed out Tuesday. My buddy Chase Davidson is going to join me for some game two reactions. We're going to talk some more about the recent coaching changes. Plus, is Monty Williams' deal actually worth it? And then Chase is going to hit us with some of his favorite betting lines for the finals. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.